Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Thursday, November 2nd, ND, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Warm afternoon temperatures are expected in Riverside, reaching up to 83.9 degrees, with a dip to a cool 59.6 as the low as evening approaches. In global politics, the decision by Russia to revoke the Comprehensive Test Ban Treaty is shaping our conversation today, sparking concerns about the potential onset of a nuclear arms race. Automobile safety is in spotlight as well. Toyota has issued a recall for 1.9 million RAV4s across the United States due to concerns over battery fire risks. In the tech world, an awe-inspiring advancement in AI technology has opened an exciting discourse. A brand new facial recognition software can now identify geese with a staggering 97% accuracy highlighting not only their social sophistication but also intriguing possibilities for conservation. Lastly, we'll be spotlighting FEMA's esteemed heroes, the certified detection dogs, and their indispensable role in disaster rescue operations. Stay tuned as we delve into these compelling stories and more, right here on Alex's News. Recalling recent developments, Russia has revoked its ratification of the Comprehensive Test Ban Treaty or CTBT, and this has raised eyebrows worldwide inducing deep apprehension about the future of nuclear arms control. Ethan, can you explain why this decision is causing concerns? Certainly, Grace. The Comprehensive Test Ban Treaty, in effect for 27 years, was designed to prevent all nuclear explosions, thus contributing significant weight in the efforts for international arms control. Russia's deratification can potentially weaken what has been a global diplomatic success against nuclear testing. We hear the term, deratification, frequently associated with the treaty. Can you help our viewers better grasp the meaning of it? And could you also share some details about the events that led to Russia's deratification? Sure, Grace. In simple terms, deratification means Russia, while formerly a signatory of the CTBT, has decided not to abide by the treaty anymore. The Russian parliament backed a bill to revoke the country's ratification amidst escalating tensions with the United States, particularly over issues in Ukraine. Thanks for clarifying that, Ethan. So how is this decision affecting the CTBT's implementation? For the treaty to fully come into effect, consent is required from nuclear power nations like the US, China, and others. As such, Russia's revocation further puts the treaty at risk and potentially undermines the international arms control structure. Here's what many are worried about. Does this mean Russia is planning to restart nuclear testing? That's a point of active speculation, Grace. Although Russian officials have specifically stated there's no intention of resuming nuclear tests, comments from President Vladimir Putin implying a possible return to testing have certainly intensified the speculation. A resurgence in nuclear testing from Russia, the United States, or China could trigger a new nuclear arms race, a situation the world would wish to avoid.
What's the international response to this deratification? There's been widespread criticism, Grace. The CTBTO has described it as disappointing and regrettable, highlighting how such treaties are crucial in preventing resumption of nuclear testing. Former UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon urged Russia and other nuclear-armed states not participating in CTBT not to restart nuclear testing. Additionally, the international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons or ICAN has condemned the decision, pressing Russia to reverse it. It's interesting that despite signing the CTBT, the United States has not ratified it. How does this influence international nuclear arms control efforts? Yes, it indeed does make things more complex, Grace. While Russia still holds about 5,889 nuclear warheads, the U.S. is not far behind with 5,244 and China with 410. Each nation plays a critical role in maintaining the balance and the omission of one can potentially tip the scales, making the path toward global arms control more challenging. This certainly puts us all in a delicately balanced situation. Ethan, are there any potential implications or consequences that we should be aware of? Grace, the main concern is that this may undermine the global arms control architecture and endanger the agreement against nuclear testing. It will be crucial to have effective dialogue and engagement among nuclear-armed states to mitigate potential consequences. Thorough insight as always, Ethan. Thanks for providing those critical details. We appreciate your time. Always happy to help, Grace. We'll continue to bring you more on this story as it develops. Remember, this was the first of our top four stories of the day. Stay tuned for more. Moving on to our second story for today. Automotive giant Toyota is recalling nearly 1.9 million RAV4 small SUVs in the United States. Chloe, our auto industry expert, is here to give us an in-depth understanding of the situation. Chloe, what exactly is going on here? Grace, that's right, this recall is due to a battery problem which could potentially cause a fire. The vehicles affected are RAV4s ranging from the model years 2013 to 2018. According to news sources like NPR, The Hill, and KVIA, the issue pertains to replacement 12-volt batteries installed in these vehicles. Some of these batteries are smaller in dimensions than others, and if the hold-down clamp isn't properly tightened, the battery could shift during forceful turns, potentially leading to a short circuit and resulting in a fire. That certainly sounds concerning. What is Toyota's response to this issue? Toyota is actively addressing this problem, Grace. They are working on an improvement to the hold-down clamp, battery tray, and positive terminal cover, which they will replace with these enhanced components. The company plans to alert the owners of these vehicles about the recall by late December. However, there's still uncertainty about whether this battery issue has caused any fires, crashes, or injuries. The Associated Press has also been following this news closely. So, how widespread is this problem and the associated risks? Well Grace, the implications are significant if left unaddressed, considering that the recall affects nearly 1.9 million RAV4 owners in the United States. The scale of the recall and the potential safety hazards connected to the battery problem have sparked concerns. However, Toyota's timely response demonstrates their commitment to safety. 
Their dedication to rectifying this issue should help limit any potential damage to their reputation for reliability and safety. What should customers who own the affected RAV4 models do now? Grace, it's critical that anyone owning a RAV4 from the affected model years stay vigilant and monitor updates from Toyota. Following the instructions outlined in the manufacturer's recall notice and contacting authorized dealers for the necessary repairs will be crucial to ensuring their safety and others on the road. Exactly how impactful do you think this recall could be for Toyota's image? The potential impact is substantial. How Toyota handles this situation and the efficiency of their proposed solution will certainly be a test to their much-vaunted reputation for safety and reliability. However, given Toyota's reputation for proactive action and their prompt response to this issue, I anticipate they will manage this recall effectively which should mitigate potential harm to their reputation. Thank you for the detailed report, Chloe. As always, we will stay on top of this and continue to deliver updates as this story develops. Up next, we have. Here are some other headlines we're following today. In the Middle East, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict sees no signs of slowing down, with Israeli troops making further inroads into Gaza. Alongside this, Diplomats are working hard to bring about a ceasefire, with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken planning to launch discussions during his upcoming visit to the Middle East. On a related note, President Joe Biden has called for a temporary halt to the hostilities to allow for humanitarian aid. Over in Gaza, the human toll of the conflict becomes apparent with parents describing their lives as cursed. More than 3,600 children have been reported killed in the conflict so far. As the first group of individuals with foreign passports begin to leave, the Egypt-Gaza border has become a place of hope, confusion, and desperation. Turning to finance, the Federal Reserve has decided to maintain its current rates despite ongoing whispers about an end to its tightening campaign. This comes as Canadian oil and gas valuations plummet, prompting interest from potential U.S. buyers. Equities and bonds have seen an unexpected rally, adding some optimism to global financial markets. Over in Norway, the central bank has chosen to keep rates steady with anonymous sources suggesting a potential increase in December. Notably, sources revealed that Chinese regulators are examining a recent liquidity stress that led to record 50% rates. Lastly, the Bank of Japan has indicated a gradual exit from its easy policy expected to take place next year. However, they acknowledged needing some good luck highlighting the fragile state of global financial systems. Now, moving on to story three for today, a new development in artificial intelligence, or AI, has got scientists buzzing and birdwatchers thrilled. AI technology has now reached a point where it can identify individual geese simply by their unique beaks. And incredibly, it has around 97% accuracy. This exciting news comes from extensive research reported by NPR. 
To dive deeper into this, we have our specialist reporter Ethan with us. Ethan, can you tell us a little bit more about how this technology works? Absolutely, Grace. The scientists behind this have built an AI software that utilizes a database comprised of numerous geese photos. They've trained this AI by exposing it to different images, effectively teaching it to distinguish between individual geese based on their unique beak features. That's fascinating. Now, what brought about the exploration of AI in this area? Interestingly, the researchers found that geese themselves can differentiate between photos of their partners and friends. This reveals that geese, much like humans and certain animals, possess some level of sophistication in their social interactions, brought about by the use of facial recognition. This sparked interest in the potential for AI to mimic this recognition. That's incredible. And the study suggests that benefits go beyond simply understanding geese, correct? Indeed, this technology holds significant potential for conservation and ecology. Facial recognition can track and monitor individuals within animal populations and provide insights into their social dynamics and behavior. This is key data for any conservation efforts and ecological studies. The report also cited the example of another AI program that's been successful in identifying harbor seals, showing the technology's broader implications. But to fully exploit this, we need trained experts in both conservation science and computer science, correct? Exactly, Grace. It's essentially a joining of forces. You need experts in behavioral ecology who understand the nuances of animal behavior and conservation science. Simultaneously, you need experts in computer science who are adept at creating and managing AI software. This collaboration promises to drive advancements in understanding the social lives of animals and aid conservation initiatives, really expanding our ecological knowledge. And what about the role of ordinary people? like birdwatchers in this technological advancement. This is probably one of the most exciting aspects. NPR's report emphasized the potential role of citizen scientists, particularly birdwatchers. These individuals can identify and share information about individual geese, effectively gathering valuable data to aid ongoing studies. This not only widens the scope of research but also fosters a sense of engagement and connection between people in the natural world. This is such an intriguing development, Ethan. Thank you for sharing these insights. And we'll be sure to keep an eye on this technology's ongoing progress. Absolutely, Grace. It's a thrilling time for AI, animal research, and everyone interested in understanding the world around us. Thanks for having me. That was Ethan joining us with insightful details about a breakthrough AI system making waves in wildlife conservation and ecology. Up next is our final story for the day, so stick around. For our final story this morning, we're going to discuss a heartwarming piece published by NPR about the invaluable role of FEMA's certified detection dogs in disaster rescue operations. To break down this story for us, we have our expert news reporter, Chloe. Chloe, could you begin by telling us a bit about this special division of FEMA? Of course, Grace, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, has a total of 280 detection dogs specifically trained to search for people trapped during disasters. 
On top of that, 80 more dogs are trained to detect human remains. These dogs are really specialists, adept at searching in a range of environments, such as collapsed buildings or natural disaster sites. These dogs sound highly skilled. Indeed. Now, the article mentions a training session outside Baltimore. Could you explain a bit more about this? Yes, Grace. These dogs and their handlers undergo intense training, overseen by Victoria Ledwell, a retired firefighter and the canine coordinator for FEMA's Urban Search and Rescue Squad. The motive is to equip them to find people amongst rubble and debris post-disaster. A remarkable facet of this training is how much the dogs love their work, particularly when they successfully locate someone. This passion is paired with regular recertification every three years to ensure their skills remain at peak performance. It's amazing to hear how these dogs not only excel in their roles but also enjoy them. Can you tell us a bit about the exercises they engage in during their training sessions? Certainly. One fascinating exercise involves bark barrels scattered around the training site. A person hides in one of the barrels, and the dog's task is to locate this person solely by barking. As soon as a dog successfully identifies the person, they're rewarded with treats or a special toy. The reward establishes a positive association with their crucial work. That sounds like an innovative training method. Now, the bond between the handlers and their dogs also carries some weight. Doesn't it, Chloe? Absolutely, Grace. The bond between the dog handler pairs is paramount. The variety of dogs used in this program adds a unique dynamic, too, with numerous breeds involved, such as Labradors. It's intriguing to note, many of these diligent canines come from shelters or rescue programs. For example, Pager, a Labrador, who started his journey in a different training program but ultimately showed aptitude for search and rescue due to his high energy levels. That makes the story even more touching, doesn't it? Now let's speculate a bit here, Chloe. What could be the potential implications of these dogs' work? Well, Grace, the implications are most likely life-saving. These specialized dogs play a vital role in locating individuals trapped in disaster-struck areas, where every second counts. Their quick and efficient work could contribute significantly to the survival rates in such scenarios. Thanks, Chloe. I think that underscores the importance of recognizing not just these incredible dogs, but the handlers and trainers as well. I dare say, to the team, these dogs are undoubtedly heroes. Absolutely, Grace. And remember, for these dogs, it's just another day of being very good boys and girls, fulfilling their duties with dedication and enthusiasm, an excellent reminder of the power of our canine companions. Indeed, thank you for providing us with so much insight into FEMA's certified detection dogs, Chloe. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the 11 Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.